Hello, my name is PJ Alex, and with me is HR Paperstacks. We are your hosts for the next arbitrary block of time. Our goal is to entertain, enlighten, and examine all things dope. Each week, we're bringing you breakdowns of the hottest new music, commentary on the newest media from around the web, and the latest news from the world of tech. This is Virtual Dopeness. Uh, Mike check one, two. Go get him. Listen close, nigga. Yeah. Uh, if rappers want it, they can get it. Blow tighter than four fat bitches sitting in the Civic. My flows are unimaginable. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is PJ Alex, and that was a clip from Ludiversal, the song Beast Mode, which is the album we're going to be talking about today. In the studio today, we have a special guest. Uh, he is honestly one of my best friends in the entire planet. Um, he is one of my travel partners along with me and KC going to Coachella Weekend 2. Uh, we're recording it during the midst of Weekend 1, so you'll probably be hearing a lot about it. <laughs> and he goes by the name of one other than MH. That's what we're going to refer to him as for this week. <laughs> uh, MH, who you is and why you here? <laughs> who I'm is and why I'm here. So I guess we'll start with who I'm is. Who I'm is, uh, uh, my name's Marcus. Uh, me and Paul, we've been down for a long time. Me and Paul go way back, like, you know, LeBron's hairline or something. And we, <laughs> we uh, ever since uh, probably, what, the first year of college or so? Yeah. Uh, so we've been enjoying music for a long time, uh, you know, debating music and artists for a long time. <laughs> Uh, and me trying to, uh, hopefully you guys will probably get some of that today. Me trying to convince him to see things my way. Mostly me trying to convince him to see things my way. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm a project manager, uh, here in Atlanta working for a consulting company. And on the side, uh, I flip iPhones and try to move, uh, boxes of weight containing iPhones and other <laughs> electronics. Ooh, that worked. Um, <laughs> I move chickens. <laughs> Electronic chickens. Uh, electronic chickens. In case the feds watch it, because they always do. Uh, yeah, especially at tax time, <laughs> um, when I have to classify electronic chickens. Uh, <laughs> so I'll, I have a little startup here that Paul actually helped me a lot with uh, starting, and so that kind of that kind of segues into the the tech piece a little bit. But uh, as usual, I'm taking over, so I'm going to give it back to Paul. <laughs> I mean, hey, we need to give the people a proper introduction. I like to give everybody out there a good look into the people who are surrounding me and taking the place of HR while he's deep, deep, deep in the work. Right. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so let's go ahead and get into this. Uh, Ludicrous, Ludiversal is a project that he has been talking about for five years. He has been... Uh, Working on it, it's, it's something he stepped away from movies and everything to do. Uh, it's his step back into music. He's been doing like mixtapes and features here and there. I, I think he was getting paid off that Justin Bieber uh, song for a long time, so he didn't really need to come out with music. But um, so let's let's get overall impressions. And 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 Mh, I know you have a special completely heterosexual bond with <laughs> with Ludacris and Ludacris's music as a lot of people do our our, our generation because we came up we started partying the same time Luda started with coming out with stuff 
we came of age when he was talking and we was enjoying his music right when we were coming of age. No, you don't have to clean it up for me. It was completely like homosexual man crush for a couple <laughs> years there. Yeah. It was like straight butt rapage. But yeah. Um. <laughs> wow. I guess, and this is, there's that explicit it content. Takes, it takes a lot of uh, uh, security. Like that. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way, uh, standing by <laughs> to play his part in all of this madness is uh, Ron from uh, last week, 504 Deep. What up? So you may hear him chime in from time to time on the music and then uh, come in strong later on <laughs> in the podcast. But uh, okay, so Marcus. MH, you have a different perspective of ludicrous music, and you may. So why is that? Why do you? Are you such a fan, and always have been such a fan of ludicrous? All right, so let's clean up what I said earlier. Um, <laughs> I went to the same high school as ludicrous did. You know, I'm from the South Side. Uh, that's where I spent my formative teenage years. South Side Atlanta. South Side Atlanta, and. Uh, so Ludacris was the first big thing to come out of my school. I went to a pretty uh, rough high school, um, rough in terms of just income and grade, some of the best people in the world. But Ludacris making it out, you know, making it as a DJ in Atlanta, that that was always inspirational to me. And then his music, uh, it was just so full of energy. Like if you've been if you've been listening to, to Ludacris's music for a long time, then you know back for the first time when he talks about struggling like i was currently going through what he was talking about uh if you listen to incognito if you knew that he so he was selling it out the trunk of the act if you knew what that was all about at the time um then then you connected especially if you were a kid from atlanta on the south side to see somebody go from the south side and make it that big i was i turned into a hardcore ludicrous fan i always liked him on the radio but uh when he, when he got signed to Def Jam, Def Jam South at the time, and uh, started making music, I turned into a hardcore Lucas fan. I mean, if, you, if you were in my car, Paul knows my dorm room, that's all you were going to hear on repeat. <laughs> um, my ringtone was move, bitch. I mean, <laughs> this. So you're saying you liked Ludacris? I think like <laughs> in in the category of the word like would be would be accurate. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I really uh, I really looked up to to at the time. I mean, he just he's a kid from the south side. He was a smart kid at my at my high school, which really was something that didn't garner you a lot of positive energy at the time. And he took that. He went to college. You know, he made it in Atlanta, and then he made it big, and and and, and disproved a lot Did of. He go to Georgia State. He went to Georgia State. I thought so. Yep. Yep. He went to Georgia State. So, so to sum all that up, that's why I was such a. Uh, that's why I, I am and, and was such a huge ludicrous fan. I, and I completely understand it now. I I have to admit I came into Ludacris's catalog with word of mouth or no, not word of mouth. Back for the first time. Back right, for the first time. And um, that's when I came on a Ludacris with What's Your Fantasy, and. Then when I got down to Atlanta, and this happened to a lot of people when they came to Atlanta, that's when they got the exposure to, um, what was it? Incognito. Incognito, um, and came to like one of his songs, uh, uh, Midnight Train Georgia. Midnight Train, yeah. Um, and just w- understanding that, understanding what was, is Ludacris, and why he had such a, a hardcore following 
coming up and why he was able to do the things like what he did with the Def Jam, Def Jam contract because he could say, I don't need you. He was, he was. He's probably one of the first artists that kind of started that. Yeah. You kind of had to blow up before a you record got, label would. Yep. Mess absolutely. With you, invest in you and mess with you. Exactly. And, and he led the way of people who now it's much easier than he. he people aren't selling. Some people are selling a CD out the trunk of their car or on the street corner. But now it's the Internet. Like you, you make your track big on the Internet. And now record labels go after you. Look at. Bobby Smurder, who took uh, the beat uh, from uh, Jaleel Beats that Lloyd Banksy used three years before, recorded a song on it, made a dance on Vine to it, and then blew up and, well, that story doesn't and end well. And then blew up. Then blew up. <laughs> <laughs> got it, got signed and then went to jail because, well, he was talking about what he was doing. So he may be the realest nigga out. But Stay strong, Smurder. <laughs> <laughs> Smurder gonna be free one day, we think. Um, me chain. Mm-hmm. Each caught a body about a week ago, and they proved it. Um, that you you know that on the song, you know the Meach caught a body. Meach caught a body about a week ago. Yeah. Meach actually did catch a body about a week ago, <laughs> and that's why he is locked up. All of them got locked up. What? Yes, that that was true. That was the problem. <laughs> so anyway, Meach ain't gonna get out for a couple of years. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Ludiversal. We're, we're going back to Ludiversal. Sorry, Meech. <laughs> going back to uh, Ludiversal. So, okay. My impression of Ludiversal, I, it's a good effort. It's back... It, it is a more enjoyable Ludacris, and I would say maybe his last album. He's less comedic and comical, even though he has his comedic parts, which I enjoy. Um, the Viagra skit was freaking hilarious to me. Um, it, it, it's enjoyable, but I think this album is forgettable. Um, I hate to say it because I was actually, and if y'all have been with us, riding with us since episode one or two when HR and I talked about anticipated albums of 2015, I brought this one up as my dark horse. Well, the dark horse went off into the night because there are some good tracks. There are some enjoyable tracks, but a lot of this is, is eh, it's, it's okay. Um, but it's a good step in stone. I feel like from what he was doing on mixtapes and little things I heard before this, and you may agree with me or not, but what he was doing on mixtapes and stuff before this, that he had kind of taken a step backwards. This feels like he's at least at the level of, um, theater of the mind and is trying to, he needs to push forward because I feel like he's trapped right there, which is not the ludicrous that we all love. It's not. The Southern Hospitality is not What's Your Fantasy. He does have a couple of joints on here, but what did you what did you think of it as overall? We'll talk about tracks next. Okay. Um, I kind of have some contrasting views here. So mm-hmm. from from a, a basic overall, the, when I first heard the name of this album, Ludiversal, I thought that was kind of a lazy way to name the album. I'm like, Ludiversal? Like, if you know anything about Ludacris, he does a lot of things with the prefix Luda. So you got Luda Day, Luda this, Luda that. To be fair, oh, also Luda Day is Labor Day weekend in Atlanta, um, which is actually the same weekend as Black Gay Pride weekend, which is hilarious to me. But but you get you brought it up. <laughs> I, it's, it's necessary to say, because if I have people driving into Atlanta off the strength of my podcast for Luda Day weekend, which is a very fun weekend, don't get me wrong, he has some dope parties. 
But if I have people driving in, I want to warn them what also event is going on that weekend. Hey, everybody, you feel that feeling, you know, like in your spine right now? That's awkward. <laughs> yeah, I feel it too. But here's the thing. Uh, to be fair to, to this, Ludacris did announce the name of this album four years ago. And four years and- ago, I hated it. Um, there you go, valid valid point. There you go. Can you continue on with your, your <laughs> continue on? <laughs> you my dog, Lucas. Uh, but I did not like the, the name of the album. I felt it was lazy, and I felt that it didn't tell a story. What Ludacris is good at, and what Ludacris, how Ludacris won me and so many people over, was taking those flows that he has, that 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 rapid delivery that he has, mm-hmm. and combining it with storytelling. When I saw Ludiversal, I was like, that sounds really commercial, and it doesn't really tell a story. Now, I got some hope when I saw the album cover, because I saw the act legend, the original act legend. And if, you, and if you're a Ludacris fan, that act legend actually means a lot to you. So I saw that. Yeah, you got to zoom in on it. You can see it's a legend. We'll get there. Keep talking. We're going to get there. So I saw, I saw, I saw the act legend. And I saw the plane. And so the name started to make sense to me at that point because I'm like, okay, Ludiversal. So he's saying, this is where I started. This is where I am. This is my coming of age type album. So as I started listening to the album, I did actually feel some of the glue where I'm like, okay, Ludacris sounds a little older on this album, but not old. Um, Experienced. It seems like he's learned a little bit more. Very, very much so introspective type album. So I, I really like that. He talked a lot about, you know, friends and family and people wanting him to be one way and then wanting him to be another way and never quite being satisfied. Mm-hmm. But he's so it's like it's like that 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 half washed plate to me, the album. <laughs> Because, because that was a terrible no. analogy, but whatever. Uh, but but it's it's like it's almost there. Mm-hmm. It's the glue started coming together, and then as I listened to the album, I'm like, he must have ran into some deadlines because parts of it started to show again that I originally thought would when I heard the name. I'm like, okay, and now it's getting lazy. Okay, the, the storyline didn't really follow through story shows up on some tracks but then it gets really commercial like i really just need to get this this album out for contract purposes so or i it's time for me to go back and film some more fast and the furious so let me get these tracks done i, I can see that so it, it was kind of a half-assed <laughs> now ludicrous saving grace on this album as it is on every album as it is and everything ludicrous does is that he's ridiculously fuckishly talented so he fuckishly fuckishly i'm gonna trademark that somehow if you make money off of it and you don't give me credit for it fuck you can we keep going um, please <laughs> so all right but so no he's very talented um so Ludacris can be lazy and still be one of you know the most popular rappers out just because it's his flow and his delivery it's just that darn good uh and i listened to it on a lot of them but i didn't feel I didn't feel the passion. I don't. I didn't feel. I didn't feel the depression that he had when, <laughs> when he recorded "Catch Up." The on hunger. The hunger. Like when Ludacris is struggling and when Ludacris is depressed, and then you know you can say this for a lot of different rappers. He, not only does he have that delivery, not only does he have that. We're skill, looking at you, Wayne. 
We're looking at you, Wayne. Uh, but but he has he has the the passion behind it. I, I felt delivery on this album. I felt skill on this album. It was passion. I didn't really feel any passion. I can understand that, and I I, I see where you're coming from. I think he relies. I think his problem, honestly, is he relies on that flow too much. And this is something that uh, Ron actually said to me about another artist by about Busta. A little while ago, well, this was some years ago, and it's just recalling to me now, is that Busta has faded into this point where he's just going to rap fast, and it's not going to actually be anything of substance. And that's where I feel like Ludacris goes, and I feel like he has, he switches between, it's a, yeah, it's a comfort zone where it seems impressive. And a lot of people who gave flack to Eminem for this on Rap God Failed to see what he was doing in Rap God, in my opinion. So I'll have that whole long drawn out conversation. Listen. You have to listen to Rap God and realize that he actually goes through nine or ten different flows in one song. We're gonna argue that one out on another one because I'm on both sides of that argument. <laughs> Understand? So, but okay, individual tracks because we might end up. Um, Paul still needs new chairs, as pointed out by KC in her episode. Um, <laughs> we're gonna uh, talk about some of these tracks. Um, Ludiversal's 14 tracks. Still, I mean, that's decent, but that's... I feel you. Yeah. Um, okay, so individual tracks. Don't show your age now. <laughs> Cash Money record. Cash 36. Money had 36 tracks. <laughs> Cash Money record. Taking over for the 99 and the 2000. 99 and 2000, so... We owe the shit, y'all. <laughs> but, okay, so tracks on the album... I'm going to just run through a couple of them. Call Your Bluff, I, I'm just happy to see anybody uh, take Drake to tax because Drake talks slick and don't back it up. That's what Ludacris was talking about. He has said in interviews, he's talking about a lot of people, but mainly Drake. Yeah, uh, uh, Call Your Bluff, uh, not not to slow you down. Go ahead. But yeah, I actually really enjoy Call Your Bluff hmm. because, because Ludacris got physical again. Like, I enjoy refined restaurant opening, mayor's ball, ribbon cutting, um, really expensive blazer wearing ludicrous. But sometimes I just want him to start going upside people's heads again. Like, Valid. like it's okay to be a little bit ignorant, you know, because it's a blood sport, right? Sure. So, so especially when you got people like Drake who, who, who swear that they're not into rap beef that, that actually slick do stuff. You're, and you're one of the, the type of people who can actually get at them, and they can't really ignore. Mm-hmm. So I appreciated that track. And actually, the, uh, there was an article on Hot New Hip Hop this week of Drake's top ten sneak disses, and I, I read it, and it was Ludacris was in one of them. He he's coming at everybody. He slick came at Jay. Jay came back at him slickly and called him common. Common calling him Canada Dry was one of the highlights of rap. But, <laughs> but okay, continue Drake on. Drake is like an aggressive poodle, but we'll be back in <laughs> Go back. Oh, damn, we're going to see him next week. Hopefully, he don't hear this and whoop our ass. Hey, Drake, you know we cool, right? right. <laughs> um, Say it like you said. Say it in the booth, like Ludacris said. Hey, this ain't no goddamn booth. Let's keep going. <laughs> Close enough. Um... Alright, uh, Beast Mode was actually enjoyable. He's got some good bars in there. I will say that. Clever, ludicrous, take your bars. The video is fun with Marshawn. Marshawn is a fucking terrible actor. <laughs> Marshawn. Hold bro. on, bro. If he tries to run at you, right, there's no help. 
Marshawn, don't run at me. I will shoot the hell out of you. you oh, you're God. hilarious, bro. But you're hilarious when you're yourself. <laughs> Leave acting alone. Only the reality TV. Oh, God. Um, right. Let's see. Uh, Beast Mode, we said the Viagra skit is hilarious. Viagra skit's funny. It's hilarious. Y'all should just go out and listen to it. It's Ludacris, not for the kids at and, all. <laughs> and, and, and here's here's another thing. I appreciate that Ludacris doesn't let people intimidate or scare him out of making jokes, right? Because there there is a stigma with rappers that, that make jokes and be funny like, oh, you're just going to be seen as a joker. You're not going to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Ludacris is, if you listen to him when he was on the radio, when he's a DJ, he's naturally funny. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that he intertwines humor um into into his album is into his skits and he's actually good at it so, i feel you yeah. um I don't know, come see me the joint with crit actually bangs I, I actually enjoy that track and i feel like it's gonna be a good windows down during the summer track yeah the, the, the bass on that track is, um, i don't know if crit produced it but the bass on that track is, is he did not it was the interns okay. um i felt like he opened up really well in ocean skies which is a song about his dad and his dad dying, which was a, I know that's always a tough, like amazingly tough thing. So he I, does that on every album. He always does something that that goes back to family, and I like that thread. Yeah. Um. And I definitely was about to say something real reckless about that song. <laughs> Go ahead. You already opened the door. Yeah. Nah, say it. Ocean skies. Is that the name of it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just a homosexual title if I've ever heard one. It's not like air freshener. <laughs> you know what? Now that he mentions that, I do see like a, a, a lavender box of tampons. But Ocean Skies? You see what happens? One dude, named, one dude named Frank Ocean comes out the closet and this is what y'all do? Yeah, I, actually, I didn't even think about that. You know what? <laughs> Frank forever flavored the word ocean. He did. He flavored it with gay. So uh, it's like we see it that way now. Yeah. Uh, but you cool, Frank. Terrible. I like you. Uh, I, I intentionally I intentionally skipped a track because we're gonna come back to it. Um, this has been my world, which is the last track on the album. Is the perfect ending track, I will say, because my actually when I put it on my phone, it actually got out a little bit out of order, mm-hmm. and I said this should be the last track. It's produced by Just Blaze. It has a crazy sample in it. It's re- I really enjoyed that track. I'm glad it ended the album because that's what needed to end the album. To kind of end it on a high note, after getting through some stuff, the song, this one of the bonus tracks is with Ross, kind of a throwaway. The Usher track is kind of a throwaway, which hurts to say. Um, there's a bonus with CeeLo, which is kind of a throwaway. There's like four bonus tracks because it's 18 and all. Oh, I was about to. Yeah. Be mad. I'm like, I know it's not four bonus tracks, and it's a 14. It is. Tracks. It's 18 it tracks with right, the bonus. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but I did skip over one, which is Good Loving. I actually really enjoy Good Loving. I think that's the savior of the album. Well, I wouldn't say savior because there's several. Well, that's the one that's going to sell the album. That Miguel has this ability when combined with made. That's the radio single. That is the radio, that's the radio single. Yeah. Miguel, Miguel has this ability when combined with major rappers to make everything sound good. That's true. So. So now that's not taken away from that song. That song is just dope. Like it's really a good song. But I think some of the rest of the album just needs to grow on me. I will say it is not as sellout and not as as rushed as uh Red Light District was. 
That's real. Nothing in history <laughs> will ever. That CD cover was terrible. The CD, it was I saw the CD cover. I was like, this is going to be bad. When I first saw the CD cover for Red Light Dish, I was like, bro, what did you just do? So, in my opinion, this isn't a really a, a buy album. I would say listen to this on Spotify. Listen to this on something where you can listen to it for. Listen to this on YouTube. So this isn't one of the better albums of 2015. No, unfortunately. No, no I will. I will say this because as 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 I started out, you know, as a hardcore Luda fan, which I'll always be. Um, I would buy this album because I liked Luda. That's understandable. And I support Luda, not because I think it's that great. I do think in some of those flows, I hear the hunger coming back. And I would like for this album to be a stepping stone. And I'd like Ludacris to look at the feedback that he gets from this album um, and 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 go and, and give us another word of mouth or back for the first time. And I know that's easier said than done, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I would just rush out and buy it other than that I'm a Luda fan. With that being said, we're going to wrap this up here. Um, as usual, after our music segment, we're going to hop out for a minute before we get to media and technology and we're gonna pay these bills this week's episode of the virtual dopeness podcast is brought to you by printers possibly the most annoying peripherals on the planet printers somebody's gonna get it right eventually and welcome back from our sponsor uh we have been having some good conversation in our media segment uh we are this week going to talk about Movies of the summer. We talked about a little bit last episode what what our uh, anticipated songs of the summer would be, what our songs of the summer were going to be. Well, now we're going to roll that into the media section and say, what are our movies for the summer? There's some blockbusters. They've already started kicking off. Um, And I I know I'm always hyped for summer blockbusters. We're always hyped. Um, I know a lot of movies summer movies be just because of our schedules have a line but me and ron have actually been to a number of summer movies big blockbusters ron is a big uh comic book fan i am a coming around comic book fan and i've always been like a cartoon superhero movie villain you name it fan you have always been a villain oh really yes yes i have Uh um and marcus i know you and i have always been uh, fans of movies, fans of television. I know uh, you you were a little bit less of a fan of television than me, but yeah, understandable. More, more of a more of an action movie fan. There you go. All right, so I have a listing. This is actually on the Hollywood Reporter. We'll, we'll go ahead and throw the the link in the show no- notes of um, where I found this list. But this is the anticipated movies of the summer. It has a lot of the. Uh, blockbusters that are anticipated, the big names, a couple of small names in here, and just trying to figure out exactly what uh, is going on this summer. Uh, so I'm gonna just read into this list. One of them, one that was on my radar for the list, is actually not even on this list, and something that I hold dear, and that we'll be talking about on episode six of the podcast, and that's Furious Seven. So you. Ron, did you get a chance to see Furious 7 yet? I have not seen Furious 7 okay. yet. Okay, that's, that's most of the reason we're not talking about it. We don't want to do any spoilers. I have a, a deep, deep love of the Fast and Furious series. You'll find that out episode 6. Marcus, you already went and saw it. 
with me yes. <laughs> and a couple other people. Um, so yes. we're just gonna roll past. You you enjoyed it though, right? Yes, it's a really good movie, guys. Yes. Go see it, and we'll go. Um, yes, we'll go deeper into that in episode six. So all I have to is say it, is, is it yes. the best one? It might yes. be. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Next, it holds up there like next to the first mm-hmm. one. Like that first, of course, the first one is always the one that's nostalgic because it introduced us to all these characters we love. No, you don't go ahead. And, it's, it's the best one. It might be the best one because it has it upstages all the rest of them. Hmm. And which, which I'll, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about which, it. Which I'll say, I did not expect going in. I did not think it was going to be that good. One last question. Go ahead. Because I'm a person who has not seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Is it something that you would have to have seen all of the previous ones to be able to fully enjoy? Not fully enjoyable, but but I, but it would benefit you. It would benefit you a lot, but I would, you don't have to, but it definitely helps. Because they do a good job of explaining backstory. But if you don't know, it it, it helps it tie it all together and increase your love of the film. Yeah. It increases the film's impact on you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Have you not seen all of them? No, I have not seen all of them. What you doing this weekend, buddy? <laughs> Not watching uh, seven Fast and Furious movies. Ah, damn it, man! Because you know I have all of them, every single last one of them. You need to let me borrow some though. Cool, I got you. So May first, it all kicks off. May first, it all kicks off with the Avengers: Age of Ultron. I'm anticipating the hell out of this. I'm excited, and I have surrounded myself with all things. Ultron? No. All things Avengers. <laughs> no, I, I stay up on... Well, I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I think it's dope that the TV show ties in with all the movies. And I can't wait to see what... Because the 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 TV show got drastically changed by the last Captain America movie. The storyline of the TV show. So mm-hmm. I expect it to keep the show fresh... Is whatever happens in the movie is going to drastically change Impact. what happens in the show. Yeah. Which, so I enjoy the hell out of that. Along with it being a good show about superheroes. That it's tough to have it on TV because of budgeting. Mm-hmm. So well, it's not we're not TV. talking about Agents of Shield. We're not. And we're I say that because Ultron. I don't watch Agents of Shield. Damn it! But I actually just bought tickets to the seven thirty showing on Thursday <laughs> of Age of Ultron <laughs> on You Ho. May fifteenth takes us to Mad Max Fury Road. That joint looks crazy. The, the they, preview for this. They've already signed Tom Hardy for three more sequels. Good. There's going to be this movie, four Mad Max. <laughs> if this movie is any good, is that full length trailer? Man. Good lord. If they, Man. If, if, and you know what? If I'm, it's only as half as good as the damn trailer, <laughs> the damn trailer was so damn good. What, what I like about it, I feel like movies have gotten away from the fictional element, which kind of makes them a little less entertaining overall. What I like about Mad Max, even though obviously it's a, it's a property that's already been explored and they're rebooting it, I like the fact that it looks like something is just like this is a, a fun movie to go and watch. Like you're not gonna go watch it and be like that wouldn't really happen. Well, that does, <laughs> you know, like you go and watch it and some stuff blow up and you be like hell yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, and you just can go and enjoy it. So that's what I think is dope. It's just dope visually. It's gonna be 
crazy. Like whoever, whoever directed it was a kid in a candy store, clearly. Oh, it yeah. was like, oh, we're doing everything. It, I, they had to have been a fan of the original and said, let's push this as far yeah. as we can go. Yeah. And, so, it and definitely, they have faith, because they have to have faith with the production team because I'm just looking like, I'm looking at a preview like, what is the budget for this movie? <laughs> right. What Ridiculous. is the budget for this trailer? What is the budget for this trailer? Like. <laughs> So I'm I'm excited about that. Let's keep it moving. Okay. Pitch Perfect 2. Anybody? Nope. Never saw the first one. Killing me, guys. Okay. Let me explain. First off. You are homosexual. No, I knew, no I knew that was coming. to all actual homosexuals. <laughs> let me explain. No, good, but this one. Right. But <laughs> TJ Alex over here. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let me explain. First off, my mom is a ginormous, huge out of this world fan of musicals. I was raised on musicals. Her favorite movies are Wizard of Oz and West Side Story. She took me to see The Wiz when I was in like 6th, 7th grade. At actual, like, not a high school production of The Wiz. Because I grew up in the whitest area possible. So, not a high school production of The Wiz. But in like, theater production. Actual theater company. Uh, one of her, my mom's wedding song was from West Side Story. So, I grew up so loving music. So that's why you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, yeah. <laughs> I love women. I'll tell you that much. I almost said something else. I love women. <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> I have gay friends. This is both of y'all last time on the podcast. <laughs> y'all getting kicked out. No, I'm just playing. Um, no, but I actually enjoyed the hell. I So, like, for instance... I watched a lot of. I watched Glee. It was good up until okay, the last. Was, hold, on, was, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was good to the last like three seasons. <laughs> it was good to the last three seasons. It went off the rails. But I watched the first Pitch Perfect, and it was actually not only just with the music and the singing. The first Pitch Perfect was really funny, and embraced the music that we enjoy in general. R and B that we embrace in general. We enjoy. Pitch, Pitch Perfect had hip hop. It had hip hop elements in. in it. It had hip hop and R and B. Shut the run down. I'm telling you, go give it I'm a watch, good. and it's really but funny. But I take your word for it. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Plus the girls, <laughs> we are giving him a hug. Plus the one of the 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 girls. That's just the image of it. He's clowning. <laughs> I'm just waiting my turn because Paul hits me whenever I try to talk. <laughs> this fool said musicals then Glee, and I was supposed to keep quiet. <laughs> Clearly, uh, that was the setup. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I hate you. All right, continue. Continuing. All right, Poltergeist, the remake, is going to be uh, May 22nd. Have y'all seen the trailer for it? I saw the trailer. Yeah. It's, I, it just feels different from the first one, which is fine. But Carol Ann, like, you ain't, you ain't, you, you're not just, you're not going to match, like, the first Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Like, the first mm-hmm. Poltergeist, I feel like this one is much more, uh, it feels more like a spoof. Then it feels like a, a reincarnation of the of the actual one. Like I felt like the first one felt scary. Mm-hmm. This one to me feels more like a horror movie. Like the first Poltergeist, it felt like it to me it was it it felt scary because it it just felt like it was a scary thing to happen. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was the goal of the movie to be a scary movie. Does that make sense? It does. The fact that people were laughing during the trailer. In the, in the theater, kind of made me feel weird. Yeah, I was just like the other thing that I think hinders is going to hinder it and screw the both films over 
is the Vatican tapes, which is another tape of another movie about uh, possession. Comes out the same day. Oh, that may they be con- screwed up big with that. That may be confusing. So yeah, I'm, I'm going like to have to choose. Yeah, and but I don't. I don't even think it looked that good to me. Just like Insidious Three, which is coming out this summer. Man. Does I didn't see the first and two Insidious. I heard the first me. one was good. I heard the first one was actually like disturb you scary. They need to stop making them. <laughs> uh, San Andreas 3D. I actually just saw the trailer for this not too long ago. How's the trailer look? Trailer looks good. I mean, it's it's Dwayne Johnson driving around blowing crap up. I mean, it's The Rock. It's saving the, rock. the day. It's a proven formula. Yeah, I mean, really, the it's Rock. He blows things up. People pay. <laughs> you can't mess with that. No. Uh, were either of you fans of the movie, of the television HBO show Entourage? No, but I've been hearing about the movie for like two years. They've been talking about they've been talking about it for a long time. I'm excited. And they finally made it. I actually, this is one of the the shows I missed. Because at the time Entourage was on, I couldn't afford HBO. Right. Period. So I keep meaning to go back so and watch that. But I've heard good things. People are very excited. I'm going to see the movie. I'm going to probably watch the series before I get Have to the wa- movie. Oh, right, right. So you haven't seen the series at all. I haven't. I've seen Bro. parts. Here's the thing. Every episode, I've watched episodes individually. And because there's so much backstory, it's hard to do that. With a cohesive, especially any HBO series, it's hard to do that. Every episode I've watched, I've enjoyed, and so that's like, oh, I really want to go see this, and just never blocked out the time to, to binge do and it, do yeah. it. Um, Jurassic World is coming. Yeah, uh, they, they, Jurassic Empire can do no wrong with me. They, I mean, they're basically going to have to make clay dinosaurs out of play doh, and 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 not have. Any budget at all to disappoint me. I mean, I just love everything Jurassic related, even the ones that no one else was impressed by. I'm really looking forward to it, but it feels different, and I don't know mm. if I, I think Chris Pratt will do a, do a fine job, but just the tone of it feels brighter. Like to me, the first Jurassic Park did a really good job um, with balancing tone. Where it was kind of, it was exciting, but it was kind, it was scary, but it was, you know, but it was a good story. This one feels like one, like they leaned on Chris Pratt a lot because the first movies had a cast, like they had several people. Mm-hmm. This one feels like it's kind of centered around this one person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, just overall the tone just kind of feels like it is a movie about dinosaurs. Like if it wasn't called Jurassic World, I wouldn't associate it with Jurassic Park. Okay. Interesting. And I from, wonder from what I've seen. I wonder. I mean, yeah, it looks Jurassic Parkish, but I don't know. It just, I don't know. It feels weird. Like hmm. it feels forced. It doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel like this is twenty five years later, and this is Sweet. what it would be like. Cool. Um, there's a movie called Dope. I actually haven't heard anything about it. But I've heard I feel a like lot about it. You I don't, have. I, I, because it, it it did the indie circuit. Oh, so the film festival really? circuit. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard it's really good. Okay, and that's like, starring uh, really Zoe Kravitz, good. Forrest Whitaker, and Blake Anderson. I'm interested because I mean, I mean I've, we got to like, cover. It's like an We're, '80s coming coming of age movie about some uh, black black and other youth. ethnicity uh, people, young people, young people. So again, I don't know a lot about it. 
but I've heard really good things about it in general. Okay. So, I'm here for it. And especially the lead actor, the the black guy who, who kind of leads the movie. Blake Anderson? Sure. <laughs> sure. Sounds about right. And I feel like I'll be discrediting myself. <laughs> I'll be like, it sounds amazing. Don't ask me the name of the main <laughs> character. Oh, oh, well, I mean, we got to cover it because we're virtual dopeness. There you go. Got to cover it. Ted 2. Uh, if you were a fan of Ted 1, I think Ted 2 is going to be... The exact same movie. Have y'all seen the further. trailer for? T- I have seen the trailer for this Ted joint. Two. Looks, I didn't. Say, I can't say that. It looks really funny. I will say that, and it took a direction that I did not think it was going to take. Mm-hmm. So, they and I think one. I think it hurts that that Mila Kunis isn't in it, but at the same time, uh, I, I mean, I'd love to just stare at her on the screen. But I sound like a perv the last like two podcasts. But anyway, whatever. Um, Your true self shining through. Uh, it's the goddamn cognac. Um, Blame it on the dark. <laughs> no, cognac is its own special entity. Whiskey, I'm I'm not like this. Um, Ted too, but I'm I'm interested. If you're a family, the way it dictated with me, if you're a fan of Family Guy and Family Guy humor, you enjoyed Ted. But if you you weren't, you had criticisms. Well, okay. I'm a fan of Family Guy mm-hmm. and Family Guy humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it seems like Ted is trying to uh, trying to to push off of that humor too much. He's trying to lean on that Family Guy popularity and that Family Guy. Before Family Guy came along, it seems like that humor wasn't as as prevalent as it is now. Like you had some shows, you had some comedians who used that type of humor, mm-hmm. but Family Guy really popularized it in, in, in my opinion. So when I when I see like some of the previews from T- for Ted, if you're already a Ted fan, I think you get it and I think you appreciate it. Like you said, I think if you're not like I, I'm not someone who's like really into Ted, so I'm just looking at the previews. Like, is this something I want to see? It felt like it leaned it was leaning on that that type of humor a lot. I mean, they do though. I mean, like if you if you saw a thousand ways to die in the West, it leaned on that humor. Con- that's all which, it did. Which is funny because I actually am not a fan of Family Guy. Like I don't like the humor. I can't say I don't like it at all. I think it is excessive. I'm just like, all right, damn, I get it. Like, okay, yeah. but a million ways to die in the West was actually really funny. Freaking hilarious! It was actually really. Funny. I enjoyed the heck out of it. So maybe it's a channel in which they deliver it. True. Okay. Uh, Terminator Genesis. I'm not really here to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger be old in the Terminator, but I mean it's. I'm not again. I but I've heard I've heard really good things about it. Okay. I mean, a lot I can, of people are questioning Jai Courtney. I like to call him Jai Courtney. I don't know if it's Jay Courtney or Jai Courtney, uh, but he's actually going to be Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. Um, but I've heard that a lot. There was a lot of question because. He's kind of like not a super established actor, mm-hmm. um, but from what I've heard, Terminator Genesis is supposed to shape out to be really good. Okay. Uh, when all the ladies, if we have any ladies listening at this point, that'd be awesome. Uh, Magic Mike XXL comes out July 1st. Um, I'm not going to see it because I didn't see the first one and, and I have no desire to see naked men. Yeah, that, that's, that's strictly for women. It's a movie about strippers and there's XXL in the title. I don't need to see this. Um... For the record, and I find this hilarious, Donald Glover's in it. Hey. Um, he, he is. <laughs> he is. Bino Tenny is Tenny. in it. Bino is in it. Um, Minions, July 10th. 
I might be first in line to see this movie before kids. Okay. <laughs> and I know KC is too. <laughs> All gonna be stiff arming little kids so trying to I'm get tickets. So I'm for anything minion related. Everybody loves minions, man. Um, we're gonna cruise through the rest of these because it kind of like peters out a little bit. Um, Ant Man. This is the one Marvel movie I'm not really like jazzed for. Yeah, it just sounds like a flop. <laughs> Damn it, man! It, it, it just rolls off the tongue but, like a flop. I mean, they've done so much at this point. I I just don't see Ant Man not being good. Mm-hmm. I just think we're just not into the character. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, but I think it's going to be good. Um, so especially since I think they took some liberties. I believe but. that. Pixels. I actually saw part of this, and it was. Not part of you it, saw but I saw, I saw the, the trailer uh, for Pixels, and I heard a little about it, and it actually looks pretty interesting. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely liked the trailer, but then it, it the trailer got weak at the end. When the guy runs off at the end, mm-hmm. the guy created it, it's like, it went, I, was that supposed to be funny or not? I'm not sure. That, um, I was confused. <laughs> uh, one thing that I'm looking forward to, Mission Impossible 5. This trailer looked nuts too, and I, I haven't watched the trailer for it. But Ooh. my concern is because you know when it was supposed to originally come out, right? It was originally supposed to come out around Christmas, and they pushed it up six months because they didn't want to compete with uh, Star Wars. Good call. But, but in doing so, yeah, <laughs> they had to like probably hack and slash. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what the hell y'all was doing. That that is some. Um, that's the same fear I had with Deadpool. They started talking about that, and two weeks later they filming, and I'm like, so either y'all been knew y'all was about to work on this, mm-hmm. or y'all are going into this movie like Iron Man with no script mm. and hoping for greatness. I can see that. So, but that's my concern with stuff like that. When you cut six months off of, and I know a lot of the, of it is playing the circuit and marketing, mm-hmm. but if you just filmed it, like they just filmed it, like they just filmed it. So you film it and then you turn around and so you're gonna you're gonna edit a whole movie and take six months off that time frame. Two months, three months? No, no. It's no. gonna be rough. When's it coming out? June? July thirty first. July thirty first? Yeah. Like so, they literally wrapped filming like three weeks ago. Oh wow. Okay. So one thing I'm looking August seventh, Fantastic Four. Oh hell yeah. I can't wait for this. Now, I really want them to explain, and this is something that comic book heads are probably going spazzing about, how they're going to explain Michael B. Jordan being black. Oh, you don't know that already? No, how? This guy. I don't. Talk to me, Ron. I told you I did not read Am- comic Amateurs. Because isn't his wife, I mean, his, isn't his sister supposed to be the Invisible Woman? Yes. How one going to be white, one going to be black? She going to be mixed? Well. Adopted? Exactly. Oh, okay, cool. I'm with that. Hey, so instead of making him adopt it, which is what they thought they were going to do, she's going to be adopted. Huh. So she was adopted into his family. I'm with that. And the guy, the the person narrating at the beginning is their father, who's also in the movie. I'm with that. Fantastic Four is going to be. People, there's been a lot of hate and a lot of controversy over it. Mm -hmm. Uh, One for Michael B. Jordan, because people are racist, F y'all. And then the other part being uh, because it is it's taking a different tone. Mm-hmm. So they've gone with the ultimate universe direction. And so they're younger, which a lot of people are like, they just are familiar with like the older Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. But there is a younger Fantastic Four uh, as well as 
the the look of it is is more reality based, more like what DC is doing. Okay. So it's so not, like a grittier, like a, a grittier look at it. Okay. So, so they like going to the negative zone. This okay. Time instead of getting their powers and out of space. Okay. I can. I can. I can. I'm with that. Um, we're gonna keep rolling through these. Uh, Masterminds. I haven't seen anything about this, but it has Kristen Wiig, Zach Galifianakis, Jason Sudeikis, and Owen oh, Wilson. I saw the trailer for that joint. It looks like, just Master- hearing that lineup, it looks hilarious. Masterminds is going to be hilarious. So it's based, it's actually a true story. So it's, ba- it's based around a guy who creates a master plan to rob a bank. And it's actually the biggest single man or i guess not single man but it's the it's the biggest single robbery in history mm-hmm. so he steals 17 million dollars so he creates this plan to to steal the 17 million dollars he has these other people help him the other the supporting cast zach galifianakis zach yeah. galifianakis mm-hmm. plays the main guy yo, yo, and so the he uh he enlists people to help him steal the money and then the movie is about not about him having stolen the money but about them like pointing the finger trying to i guess basically (laughs) share the money so basically they help him steal the money he steals the money but then they're like wait hold up like why am i not getting my 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 piece at least that's what i remember from the trailer okay but it does look really really funny though i'm with that um i mean is zach galifianakis in a movie called masterminds how could it not be funny and that's one of the funniest rumors of all time He's a capital. <laughs> I love that. A S I till he D I eyes. Running through these, the man from Uncle, which is the based on the TV spy series. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna be. I don't know how that's gonna be. Did you go to school? Nope. What kind of grammar is that? I don't know how that's gonna be. We're gonna keep talking about this. This is the trailer that got me one of the most excited that came on before uh, Furious 7. Straight out of Compton. Bruh. I'm so... The trailers are amazing. The trailers are nuts. The the trailers I'm, it's, are like, it's like amazing. I'm watching uh, an NWA video or something. It, it's... It's, like, I'm so it's ready. bananas. Cube's son, like when they first announced him being cast, I know everybody was like... Did y'all just cast him because he looked like him? Because that's his son. And then you see, and you're like, "Damn, that's like Cube. Like, <laughs> like Man, this dude really, like, he really embodies Cube." I was like, "That's dope." You I'm, know, I'm like excited. it wasn't on some nepotism type stuff. I was reading some comments on it on a on one of the blogs I follow, and it was amazing at how consistently positive everybody was about everybody was like this actually looks really really good it looks really good it looks really good i think it's gonna do very well i think so too um winding down toward the end here hitman agent 47 i think it looks pretty dope i don't know how well it's gonna do Mm -hmm. because they keep trying to redo hitman and it just is not hidden like it just keeps (laughs) failing but it actually looks pretty good though all right, any, any things that you're going to be, besides Age of Ultron, you already said you have your tickets. Yeah, I already got it. my tickets. <laughs> I'm in there. I need to be on that. So um, My fiance going to hate me. <laughs> Age of Ultron, Mad Max. Um, other ones we're looking for. Ted 2 is on my list of looking forward to. 
I think we we have a good summer ahead of us yeah. in the movie theater, which means spending a lot of money. But uh, <laughs> but uh, MH is over here saying he's <laughs> not about to spend this money. <laughs> but I'm in, excited about the summer. Y'all. Don't let don't let him fool you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going. I'm excited. I think we're all excited. We have a good summer ahead of us. So uh, you guys go out there and look for what is your take. Tell us what movies we messed up on. If you have anticipated movies, tell me what. Tell us what movies we missed that are part of the summer summer blockbuster series that that you're looking forward to. Hit us up at Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, Virtual Dopeness on Facebook, and hit us in the inbox, Virtual Dopeness at uh, gmail.com. Hit us on the website, which is soon to be redesigned. Um, soon to be redesigned website. Uh, that was Paul saying, "Don't judge me." Don't judge me, because <laughs> I'm getting somebody much more talented than me to actually help with this website, logos, graphics, all of that. Um, shout out Jack Dempsey. Uh, so and we'll be back in a minute. To talk about what's going on with this uh, Galaxy Six. Hmm. What do you think? Tomorrow, metals will flow. Beauty will be powerful. Borders will disappear. Reflections will be free. Colors will live. The future will be the present. And we're back with our tech segment. Uh, today we are going to hash one of the greatest arguments that has been hashed in the last couple years. It is iPhone versus Android, top of the line. We are going to talk today about the Galaxy Galaxy S6 and Galaxy S6 Edge. And this has been one of the uh, greatest wars we've seen between Apple and Samsung. Uh, Samsung continually in their commercials, in their uh, product marketing, take shots at the uh, uh, they iPhone. Take, they try to take shots at the throne. They do, and uh, including putting the next big thing as their tagline for the S6, directly shooting at Apple's the next big thing for the iPhone uh, 6 and 6 Plus. The uh, 6 and the... Uh, Edge. So, uh, guys, um, we have various backgrounds in mobile technology. Uh, right now, as we're sitting here, we're actually all iPhone users. Um, we've all used either some range of Android device or Galaxy device. My work phone is currently an S4. Uh, Marcus, you had the S4 or 5 for the one or 3. I had the 3, in it, but I've had a lot of other Android phones. And then, Ron, you've had... Actually, my work phone at one point was an S4. S4, yeah, and um, and I've had and I had Android before I had an iPhone, and I had the Android. I had the first Android on Verizon, which was I think the LG Droid, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it was something like that around those. Because I remember there was a big battle over the word Droid, where they actually yeah. paid Lucas Arts to use it, yeah, which was hilarious to me. Uh, but uh, so the S6, 
So the big selling points. The big selling points. Um, <laughs> they, it comes in three colors, four colors: black, white, gold, and blue. They have gone away from using their uh, SD card. Uh-huh. It actually comes in a thirty-two, a sixty-four, and one twenty-eight, mirroring the iPhone. No longer expandable. No longer expandable. But you do, I found out today, get a hundred gigs free with iDrive with a uh, Microsoft. Is it iDrive? No, it's not iDrive. It's something else. Whatever. Whatever their cloud service whatever is. Whatever their, their cloud service. You get a hundred gigs. Um, smart charger. It's actually you lay. It's just like any other um, inductive charger. Conduct inductive charging where you just lay it on to the charger, which is sixty bucks. If you bought it pre-order, you got it for free. But the inductive charger, that was probably just Best Buy. But um, one thing it does is fast charging. Ten minutes of charging will give you four hours of use. That's their specs. Um, The camera, their front camera is 5 megapixels. Their back camera is 16. It has HDR. It has uh, flash and... and MH is over here rolling his eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Tech specs: It is an a quad, uh, eight core processor, um, which is not quad. It's it's an octa core processor, um, which is really two quad core processors. Yeah, in it Snapdragon? No, it is not Snapdragon. I found that out. There was actually a problem with the Snapdragon processor on this octa core one, the latest one. Mm. LG and HTC used it. Samsung is actually using their own processor on this one, and it is. I will find the name for it, <laughs> but it's Samsung's processor. Okay. Um, which makes, has, I mean, they make iPhone's processor, which we're not going to talk about. Eh, we can talk about it. <laughs> they have... Um, I think that's so dumb. It's the X, Exynos? E-X-Y-N-O-S. Yeah, yeah. Exynos processor. Yeah, I remember that And now. they have uh, Wi-Fi, A, B, G, N, A, C... Um, all of NFC, them. all the Wi-Fi, all the Wi-Fi, <laughs> all of them, the the Wi-Fi's, uh, all the Wi-Fi's, uh, <laughs> and of course it supports LTE and next gen LTE, whatever that really is, kicked up LTE. Um, that's pretty much the specs on it. It's kind of beastly on the spec angle. Oh, and it has DDR4 memory, um, DDR4, which, three gigs of it, I believe, three gigs, which DDR4. is overkill on a phone, but. Is future proof. proof. True. Future proof. Well, I mean, memory with how it's going to be is not going to change. What do you mean? I mean, with the way memory technology works, it's not going to hop to anything. It's not going to go from DDR4 to DD67. Like, it's not going to do that. So, you're going to, DDR3 has been around forever. And is in if you're you have a laptop right now you have you most likely oh, I say, have DDR3 I've, like, I've had DDR one, <laughs> so I uh, yeah so, you gotta but, be careful when I'm, you're talking about proof things when it comes to technology. I mean, because two years ago, saying a hundred gigs on a phone would have just been hilarious. People would be like, "That's completely unnecessary." It's just, yeah, but what I'm saying is, if you have three gigs of DDR four RAM in a telephone, like. That's gonna last you at least two years. At like, least two years. You'll be oh, and that's what I mean by. We're, I mean everything is relative when it comes <laughs> to phones. Like we're not talking about uh, a laptop. <laughs> we are over here talking about you know a, a cell phone. So I definitely think that it it will hold its own for a while. 
Um, I agree. With, definitely with the two, two to I would say two to three years. Yeah. Yeah. So here's how I feel about the Essex. Tell them how you feel, son. Here's how I feel. I feel like one. If I was going to have an Android running phone, it would have to be this one. And I wouldn't mess with anything else. Not I love HTC as a brand. They they've done me well in the past. I love LG as a brand. I have an LG. I had an LG TV till it got stolen. Um I had LG TV. <laughs> I that did. brand loyalty. I <laughs> missed my LG, LG TV. TV. They kicked in my door and took it. Um I had LG phone. I was all LG phones after the Nokia brick, which was the greatest phone in the history, history of man. Um, after that, I had all LG phones till I got the, till I got the iPhone. I had pure LG phones until I got my Blackberry. That's what it was. And then went from Blackberry to iPhone. Um, black what? <laughs> that company still exists. They, still um, they fight now. They actually doing pretty well. To be honest, they trying. They Relatively trying. speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> for what they anticipated. Yeah, BlackBerry shouldn't be alive at all. They shouldn't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um, I, 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 if I was gonna have a phone, but here's my thing, and this is where I, what I think about this phone. I think because Android gets a. Android gets a bad name because it sucks. Because it sucks. But here's the thing: it sucks, and it needed a phone with this much power in order to get it to run smoothly. And it still doesn't run smoothly. And it this I was I actually went and test drove. And I was about to say today. yeah. Now I've heard on the S six it actually does run really smoothly. But I'm saying no, if but, you needed, but, but it runs smoothly. It runs more smoothly because they've reduced a lot of the bloatware so mm-hmm. they've simplified things a lot so the whole phone is i mean it's an iphone clone. but the the fact it's a clone phone it really is well, well, and, uh, so galaxy i mean and then we're gonna get into a matter of being but all galaxies have always been well for, especially the last couple models have been iphone clones. that's that's not true because they just they just changed the form factor before now they had removable batteries at the plastic back i don't think it did a good job at imitating an iphone at all which is why i think this iteration looks like an iPhone because they they kind of was like, all right, we're gonna listen to Jim. We're gonna listen to Jim in uh in, in uh design in design <laughs> and finally make this whole unibody and see what happens. Well, but you have to look at the big picture here, okay? Samsung is did you, did, was that a pun? Did you mean that you isn't that one of their tags? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so you caught that. Yeah. Um, I see what you did there. I, yeah, I do this. This is something. I, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. Uh, if you if you if you look at the big picture with Samsung and Google, okay, Samsung is bleeding. They're bleeding from the top because the, which is true. The iPhone, uh, iPone is bigger now, uh, and and that was one of their. I've always said it was misguided to go just on screen size because that's something Apple could easily change. Yeah. So I've always said that they needed something more competitive than that. Then they're losing on the so that's their their, their top end, right? They're losing on the bottom end consumer, um, or, or or I shouldn't say bottom end consumer, the cost conscious consumers uh, in emerging market markets like China to Xiaomi or Xiaomi. I'm not really sure how you say it. I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about though. Yeah. Um. So. They needed more of a gimmick than just a bigger screen size or or um, trying to make the phone look like an iPhone or using or using cer- certain building materials on the phone. 
everything with with this phone is gimmicky, and it it's too much of an iPhone clone without doing something different than what the iPhone does. I think that's where I think the strategy was somewhat misguided. Okay, because it, you didn't you didn't give me or anybody else anything. Well, that's not true. Go ahead, but I already know what you're gonna say. And I just what you, okay, this is what they did. They went and got really nerdy. And they did what a lot of phone makers do. We can't think of anything, so we're going to make it really strong from a spec standpoint. Yeah. But the consumer... Which is important, because every phone doesn't do that, though. But the the average consumer doesn't care. The, the average consumer doesn't want really crappy specs, but the average consumer doesn't really understand... Past a point. Past, past a, yeah. Past a certain point. Doesn't really yeah. understand what an octa-core processor is. Or... Or what difference it really makes. They just want the phone to run fast. Or like when a, with, or 15 pic, megapixel camera. The average consumer wants a really good looking picture. Picture. So if the phone has an 8 megapixel camera or a 15 megapixel camera, it's not going to matter as much as how that whatever megapixel camera it has works with the software. The process and the processor. And the processor and how the end picture looks. Um. How does this particular app run on this phone? That's what they're going to care about. How easy is it to learn to use? So it seems like it seems like Google went and got really not Google. I'm sorry, Samsung went and got kind of just spec heavy to kind of overcompensate. To overcompensate the short guy with the big truck. The short guy with the big truck. I could think of some more vulgar. Def- I'm vulgar. sure you could. But yeah, you guys get it. I would cut you off at the. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 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 yeah, but that's what they did. They 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 overcompensated for it, and it, they made this big phone. So wait, so let, let me jump in here because I hear you. I, I I do trust me. I'm an Apple person. iMac had a Mac Pro. It is like I, I have my iPhone now. But what I will say, as somebody who is on the, because I think consumers in general are a bell curve, and we probably fall on the more tech savvy side of the bell curve Mm -hmm. but i don't think that we are a minority i again i do think it is a bell curve and so though you're right there is a a large amount of consumer that does not care about specs past a certain point but at the same time there are still some very straightforward things that i think this phone addressed that i think that the iphone uh somewhere along the way kind of lost sight of like even with the screen so no you're right everybody doesn't know what a quad hd screen is however there's no reason that the iphone 6 should be a 720p screen and we have phones out on the market that are 25 by 1440 and you can tell the difference whether you want to admit it or not if you put them side by side you can tell the difference like stuff like that to me is like is is skimping now understand overall design overall elegance I, I I hear that, but at the same time, I do feel like there are certain things that are just like, because you're paying the same cost for the phone. So like at the end of the day, when you buy iPhone six, you're paying one ninety nine. You pay a six, you buy a six S, you're paying one ninety nine. But if you have these basic traditional things that are out that are that are excelling in one phone because they saw a weak spot. Now I think all I think whatever brand comes out with the phone second has the advantage because they can just look at the other phone and say okay you did that cool we're gonna do this so of course they had the advantage but at the same time that six that six s the the six s a or the s six edge is a gorgeous phone 
is gorgeous. But of course, it looks like an iPhone. It looks like what the iPhone should have looked like. And what's the functionality? iPhone should have done that. What's the functionality? Like, you, you but, talk about a screen. Like, but uh, it doesn't always have to be about functionality because a lot of stuff with iPhone is not always about functionality. Sometimes it's it just is. about elegance. Sometimes a lot of stuff with Mac is about elegance. But look, but look at what you're saying. You're talking about like a 720 uh, screen versus like some of the screens that are, that are available on the Galaxy and on on other phones. Mm -hmm. I get it. I absolutely get it. But from a mass production standpoint, if you were mm -hmm. just just think about this, if you were Apple and you knew that the majority of your you knew what the most popular apps were that they were going to use. Mm -hmm. They were going to use this thing for media consumption, uh, Netflix, pictures, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And you could either put an additional double or triple the cost of what it costs a 720p screen, or you can make the thing with the 720p screen that most of your users are going to get 95% of their functionality from. Would you listen to the vocal minority and, and put the more expensive screen on, or would you sell it with a perfectly fine 720p screen? Maybe in two years. Perfectly you, fine. I'm about to say that's relative. In two or three that's years, exactly. maybe what you were saying would, would apply, but I, th I think I that's gimmicky. Think in two or three years, because the vast majority of phones, iPhone is now the minority. The vast majority of phones have at least a full HD screen. Full HD in terms. You're talking 1080p plus. Right. Okay. But. In terms of the media that's being consumed, so that's a little deceiving because that's full HD in terms of it can display every type of HD, but the um, the percentage of HD that's being consumed is at a 720 level, the higher percentage. When you're going, when you're it, going across a network, when you're going, yeah, I should have streaming. I was about to say, yeah, it depends. When I, I should have clarified that part, but yeah, it depends. So it's at a 720p level. So I, there are better screens that can that can display more types of HD but I think it's gimmicky to get into that because when you look at when you look at how many iPhones sold in the first two there was it 10 million something crazy like that but that's also brand loyalty well the, a it, lot of that is brand loyalty and, and that Apple's obviously just better than Samsung but you know <laughs> but but I'm, know, so, I'm, so I'm so guessing not that, not that many people really looked at the screen resolution to say well you know Samsung's going to come out with a phone that's 1080p they didn't care but I think that's because Samsung has always had a phone that was 1080p. Now, when I say always, I mean for the past the, the couple of years. Yeah, the past okay. couple of years. And then also, so my, so my contention with the screen and several other specs on the phone is, okay, I can understand that. If the phone's 720, cool. But why is my battery life not exceedingly better? Like... That, and that's what I get into when I'm talking about if we're paying the same cost for it. Like if I'm paying 200 for one, paying 200 for the other, I have a better screen on this that even if I just consume 20% of media better at a higher, you know, at a higher pixel rate, whatever, even but if I'm paying the same cost and the batteries, like there's not these, these game changers, like you can't say, well, it's okay for it to still be 720, 1080 is, is gimmicky, but it's like, but my battery power is not better. Uh, it's not my, my, my contrast rates aren't higher. Like overall, when I look at the screen, if I go outside, and I guess that's what would translate to most listeners, everyday stuff. Like when you go outside, that's when that stuff comes into play. Battery, uh, battery power, screen density, pixel density, uh, screen brightness, like all of those things come into play. Especially headed in the summer. Because yeah, like a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of people are going to be in the summertime or outside a lot more. Yeah. And one, I, I will say one thing that, that did kind of 
like I said, when I was playing with the phone earlier, and I actually had a, a long conversation with the, the Samsung guy. Um, when I w- was talking to him, he had there was a really cool feature, but the thing is, with with certain features, I feel like Apple could come out and immediately match it and kill it. But I agree. There, there's a fo- autofocus follow feature. Yeah, I forget what he called it. Yep. on the the S six where you pick a person yep. or an object that is moving. And, and it, it keeps follows, that person. It keeps that person that's something that they have in, in, in actual video cameras mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. DSLR, something we use in, in film. Yeah, and and that I found really cool. Yeah. One thing that I did say is a big detractor of the S6 and the S6 Edge is um, they took the water waterproofness out. Yeah, but I also think that they found that a lot of people, which was funny, because even though people drop their phone in toilets, like I think the average person. Wasn't really looking for phones to be water. Yeah, I thought that was proof. Kind of I thought that was perfect because so if you sell it to businesses, that's great. But mm-hmm. and I think it does apply to some. Again, you know, same principle. Like, yeah, I think it does apply to some. But the average person is not looking for a waterproof phone. That's true. Yeah. I, I I always thought that was a big selling point for me. The one selling point that's not big for me is the damn edge. Like everybody tells me, yes, it's it's, it's cool, but it's eh. not pointless. It but is not is not and, and I'll it, and I'll it. say for for at least two reasons. One reason is because I believe in this is what I was alluding to earlier. This is where I think Samsung picked up the ball where Apple dropped it. They looked at it as copycats and was like, All right, we're gonna copy y'all, but we're gonna do what you should have did. And I feel like and I really do feel like this. I feel like if Apple had done that Everybody would be like, that is the best thing in the entire world. That screen is amazing. But I think because Samsung did it, it's like, uh, like it doesn't have a lot okay. of functionality. It's not, not like the no, no edge. Like I, I, I really feel like that's what people would do. Now, you said to sell it, but what I'm saying is overall, if you see it and you see how it consumes, like how it presents media, it's really beautiful. It's, okay. it, it's really nice. And, and, I'm a, I'm a let because because MH is is biting at <laughs> he's he's wanting to say this but I will say this about a lot of things that happen on Android and uh, and I'm just throwing this out there and uh, a lot of things that are happening on Android happening on Samsung happening on iPhone the Palm Pre and the HD and the HP <laughs> Touchpad had at launch and I just want to give. All props to them for being ahead of the game. The Palm Pre, you talking about seven, eight years ago? They had a lot of these options, including the Touchstone, the the Touch. They had curved screen. They didn't have a curved screen, but they had a lot of this stuff. <laughs> they had 1080p screens. So damn near. They had Beats Audio though. Okay. Get the hell out of here. They so, did. My they, H, they, they, my they, my they, Touchpad they, has H has has Beats, Beats audio. audio. They had they had the. Well, it can't be that old then. Isn't uh, not you said a Palm Pre? I did say Pre. It wasn't the Pre. It was the touchpad, and there was the what was okay. the other I'm Palm? Like, the Palm Pre was Pebble, like not Pebble because that's the, the damn first. Watch. No, no, no. The Palm Foray phone the and the touchpad. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, Mh. <laughs> Talk your shit. All right, so let's get to it. The first thing, it's not about this gonna be in, long ass in the world. Of tech, it's not about who does it first. It's about who does it best. I agree, but Apple it, no, done I'm it. not done. So it doesn't. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter who does it first. Sorry, Android guys. I see you. I hear you. 
in a lot of the online forums. Actually, Apple and, did kind of do it first. I mean, I just wanted to retract that statement. Apple, and we'll, we can get into it, but Apple did kind of do that first, but keep going. Well, Android, there's a lot of things, when you talk Apple versus Android, there's a lot of things that Android fans are quick to point out that Google did first, and they're absolutely correct. Yeah. It's who can do it and get mass appeal in, in the world of tech. It's not necessarily... A, it's and a, better, too, just like you said. Yeah. And better. So, okay, so here's the thing with, with Samsung, because um, I, I run into this a lot where people are like, okay, you just basically got a bunch of Apple fanboys out here saying this is the greatest thing since sliced bread because Apple did it. There's some truth to that, right? Uh, Apple consistently executes on things well so they build up that brand loyalty with people and a lot a lot of times we probably get carried away with it but the problem is samsung is not chopped liver right samsung is not kyocera um samsung is not some little no-name company so i don't buy the argument that people would not give samsung that same loyalty and reverence if they execute it well i'm talking about it's, in comparison to the iphone though if if sam the, the galaxy is not new if samsung consistently executed technologies and features on the galaxy well and they were implemented well and it was designed well people would give them that it's just that they're not i think they had to be i, I personally believe they would have to be marketed differently because i think that that is one of the main differences not the only but one of the main differences between apple and samsung well, that's one of, is, one of is the, the marketing, marketing yeah the and it's like that's a big part of it um because i mean even with the with the s6 like uh or with the iphone 6 is beautiful and that's what i was alluding to like you know the size melt into the you know like they really just elaborated on the super small margins on the on the iphone 6 with the edge they just took that kind of to the next level um but they they they, they wasted they wasted in, in my opinion with the edge they wasted another opportunity but it still had to be a consumer phone though they, so they, they wrapped so the glass. It, could, it couldn't be too extreme because then it would you know people you gotta you gotta feed them gradually they wrap so why not take one of the one of the many hundreds of dozens of iphone concepts that you have these amateurs design on the, on the internet and why not design that phone to beat the iphone why take something gimmicky oh we can make curved glass now oh apple didn't use curved glass so let's throw it on our phone and wrap it around the edge and have absolutely no real functionality for it and that's what they did. They did put some I, functionality with it. I'm about to say, it does have functionality. It has fun okay, it has it does have functionality. What, what real functionality? I mean, it's gimmicky, but it does have functionality. But it I'm, works but, if that's but, what you mean. No, I mean, they, they added specific functions for that. Yeah. They, like and the buttons that sit over there? There's buttons that sit over there. there they, and, but then they also have ability, because I know a lot of people who sleep with their phones face down so that things don't interrupt them. They've put special functionality to broadcast certain color colors code. of light. Yeah, color codes. Color codes to I people and to actually um, be able to wake you up using the color spectrum I as opposed that. to the volume, which is a much scientifically proven, so I'm not just talking out my ass here, scientifically proven yeah. way to wake yourself up I, as I opposed to the, the phone, which is, which is very, very cool. Final thoughts real quick, because like I said, I'm going to have to edit the hoo-ha out of this podcast. <laughs> I just think iPhone just needs to, I think Apple needs to uh, stop being complacent when it comes to 
overall um, evolution, and I feel like they've hit a stall. I really do. Like I enjoy, like I love Apple. I use again iMac. Like I use their products. I stand by their hardware. I've you know haven't had an issue with their with their stuff or even with my iPhone. But at the end of the day, I still I'm specs over brand, and I feel like you still have to you have to appeal to everybody in some form or fashion, and you can't just put a, a patch over the hose in this area and ignore the kink over here. Like if we're going to be amazing, if we're going to be the number one brand in the universe, like we can't, we can't just, uh, you know, we can't bastardize our number one moneymaker because iPhone is like at the end of the day, iPhone is what catapulted Apple to what it is. Unfortunately, I wish it was computers. I wish it was software, but at the end of the day, it's the iPhone. So if that's the case, if that's your bread and butter, I just wish they would, uh, you know, give it more attention. I think um, I think the proof is in the pudding, and I think the proof is in the numbers. If you look at what happened uh, when the iPhone 6 was released, if there were people who truly believed that, if there were people who truly believed that Apple has, had stalled, the proof was in the pudding. Uh, you saw that. You saw that corner get turned with that. You saw monstrous. Uh, sales numbers. You saw the reviews, even from people who didn't particularly, or organizations, I guess I should say, that weren't particularly fond of Apple, gave them credit for completely revamping the hardware and the software at that release with the six and the six plus. They took a huge completely risk. Uh, closing thoughts. They took a huge <laughs> risk. Um, they they <laughs> they took a huge risk coming out uh, with larger phones because their fan base really wasn't into larger phones, um, and they were really embracing the Android fan fan base with that, especially with the six plus, um, and the market share uh, they had that they had lost. You saw huge gains there, and you saw Android uh, turning turning the negative corner and you saw the market share decreasing. So, I mean, you know, we could, we could mince words and go back and forth over this or that, but I, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. Uh, and I think if anybody believed Apple was still, you just really need to look at the numbers. Marketing. There you go. And there you have it for our tech segment. Uh, I, I know you guys have some input on this. Um, tell us, go ahead and tell us what you bought. Did you buy the S6? Did you buy the iPhone 6? Are you happy with them? Do you hate them? Pre-order. Uh, did you pre-order? Pre-order because it does drop on uh, April the 10th. Actually, yep. Today. Um, today. Woo. Hey. By the time this comes out, you could have it. You could be using it. Um, let us know. Uh, hit us up at Twitter on a, at Virtual Dopeness. Facebook at Virtual Dopeness. Or Facebook.com slash Virtual Dopeness. And hit us at uh, on the... Uh, SoundCloud and virtualdopeness.com. Go ahead and run it. Uh, and thank you for uh, listening to this heavily edited version of the At Virtual Dopeness podcast. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to episode five of the Virtual Dopeness podcast. We thank you for hanging in there. We know this ran long. We try to stick to an hour, but just doesn't happen sometimes especially when you have such a large amount of content to cover and we really do just want to give you quality and who knows hopefully just gets you through the last hour and 20 some odd minutes of your work day or something along those lines um look out for our coachella episodes coming up soon look out for episode six um 
promise you it's going to be a good one. And we want to hear your feedback. Give us some feedback on iTunes, um, good or bad. We just want to know how, if, how we're doing. Uh, reach out to us at Virtual Dopeness on Twitter, at Virtual Dopeness on Facebook, Virtual Dopeness on SoundCloud, or on Stitcher. Um, and look for the redesign on virtualdopeness.com coming soon. Uh, thanks again for listening, and as always, be virtual and live dope. There's something inside you